Philippians, here we go. We are wrapping this message up today, and uh, in the bulletin, uh, I was out of town uh, on some board meetings uh, this week, and so I thought that by the time it got to the uh, turning the outline in, it was going to be called the Thanksgiving Challenge, and, uh, but it's actually going to be called the Putting It Together Challenge, Putting It Together Challenge, because what I realized was I couldn't just leave it at... Um, I couldn't just leave it at Thanksgiving. It was actually a whole bunch of different pieces that we've been looking at in this series that Paul's really kind of landing it, landing it today. So in this final message where he finally is going to get to talking directly to uh, Euodia and Syntyche who, who are part of the reason why the letter is being written because there was a, a uh, scuffle's not the right word, um, a, a disagreement. Um, it makes it sound like they're rolling in the dirt outside the building. Um, but there was a disagreement, right? Okay, so let's read through the first nine verses, and that will give us a feel for what's going on here in this last chapter. Paul says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with Syntyche, to agree with each other in the Lord, Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Father, we just ask today in the name of our Lord Jesus, Open our hearts up, open our minds up to get the impact, in this, especially in this final uh, message of this series on peace and relationships. Lord, I'm asking for transformed uh, lives for all of us, that we would take a step closer, Lord, to being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ as we sit under the Word today. In Jesus' mighty name, we say together, Amen. Okay, so... This series, Peace and Relationships, has been um, looking at really some of the challenges that Paul's working through as he is getting to the point of being able to speak to Euodia and Syntyche. So now, you know, uh, I remember when we were working on this series, Yancey's saying, man, this, this message will just preach itself. Well, it's not exactly preaching itself. I still did have to work on this thing. Um, but, but it is bringing some pieces together that I think after all that we've said about the, the vision challenge right off the bat, you've got to have vision for peace and relationships or you don't just kind of stumble into, into peace and relationships, right? So you've got to have vision and you've got to work through circumstances because stuff comes up that makes peace and relationships hard. Paul was in prison, you know, people were kind of against him and stuff and you know, so that was hard. And then there's the humility challenge. Yancey brought that message, did a great job. The humility challenge is the example of Jesus Christ who totally was God and emptied Himself and became nothing, taking on the form of a servant and becoming obedient even to death on a cross on our behalf. 
It's good news, you know, but it also has an implication for us to follow Him in that downward mobility of humility and serving others, preferring others, being like-minded, you know, working through those issues. Last week, then we looked at the entitlement challenge, and man, it was just loud in here. There was amens flying as we talked about the fact that we're all in this together and we all want to hold on to our rights. And just, just, it was just, amen, brother, preach it. I'm rewriting history a bit there. That's revisionist. That's a revisionist history. It was quiet. Because we're all in it together. You know, I asked Kim, I said, why did it get so quiet? She goes, well, when you stand up and say, this is about everybody and nobody's off the hook, then we all start thinking about, you know, how it fits to us, right? But today, we want to pull all these pieces together of the last few weeks. And uh, it, really, this more than, it is about Thanksgiving, but it's more than that. It's about putting it together, putting these different pieces together. And uh, it's important that we do that because when we are broken in any one kind of piece of our lives, it's going to affect the other people that we're in relationship with. So uh, we've got a friend, a lot of us around here know this guy. He's a counselor. His name's Eddie Parrish, Dr. Eddie Parrish. And... Uh, and Eddie, Eddie is good about highlighting the fact that, that when, when well, you've heard the phrase, when, when mama's not happy, everyone's not happy. Well, there's a deeper reason. It, it's actually called that we're a system. And if Jeremy's out of, out of whack, it's going to affect Stacy and Jonah and the kids. You know, if, if Christy's out of whack, it's going to affect Chad and, and the kids, you know. And so we're a system. And um, it's not just our families either. Can I get a witness? It's every place where you've got a system going on. It could be work, you know, have somebody really dysfunctional and doing weird stuff. It's going to affect the whole deal. Um, so, like, at the office, I'll just go, I have to go back about 12 days to have a really good example of myself doing this thing. Doing this thing. So, Kim and I had been away on a little getaway. It was awesome for her birthday. And I came back in, and I had this expectation that I was going to be able to just work through my emails. There was about a hundred of them, but I could just work through those things and then just jump on into the next part of my day and work on my sermon a little bit. You know, I came skipping into the office, you know, and I was, I'm thinking that. Well, the morning didn't go the way I wanted it to go, and I started getting increasingly frustrated. Instead of being able to get through a hundred, I was through about twenty, you know, and and on the inside, this is not working out the way I wanted it to work out. This is just, I'm just randomly, vulnerably throwing myself out there, hoping that someone can identify with this, this rising uh, tension on the inside. And so then, as my frustrations increased, I began sharing this, this, this feeling with other people in the office. Just blessing them with... Uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember still Stephanie going, Stephanie Bird, just kind of like, rah, 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 you know, just whatever. And so by mid-afternoon, I had, I had left the office. You know, I, had, uh, uh, I hadn't fully told her yet what was going on and just, I would, just all this angst and it was anxiety. I was an anxious presence that was bringing anxiety into the system. Okay, we can, we can do that. And so I go home. I start walking and praying in my house. Lord, God, meet me here. What's going on in my heart? 
and then immediately conviction, and so I have to call everybody that I've spread my anxiety to. It's just, a lot of times, if you could just figure it out on the front end, you, once you get in God's presence, you wouldn't have to go back and repent to them. It's just a great way of thinking about stuff. So, I repented, got right with everybody, and then, but here's an interesting thing too, I found that as I retold the story again to Kim, my brain couldn't separate the fact that I'm not there anymore from, from actually that being real. And so as I told it with her, what started out as a little dinner conversation turned into two hours of more anxiety in our little system. And, and then apologizing again to her. So the point is, we are a system here, this church, of little systems. All through, And God wants us walking in peace so that we can bring peace and blessing into the... be a... a, 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 pre, a a peaceful presence and not an anxious presence in the midst of things, right? Does that make sense? Everybody identify with what I'm talking about? Okay. Amen. So, if, uh, you know, and here's, what, well, here's what happens. If, if I do that, if I was to do that chronically with people on the team, you know, if I was to be, people would either try to, in some weird way, try to get closer to, to, to help me kind of figure things out, or they would pull back, and, and neither one of over overly getting close and overly detaching, both of those lead to dysfunction. And all that stuff can happen in our families. And so we, we're talking about peace and relationships, and we want to put this stuff together. God wants us walking in peace and not walking in debilitating issues that spread anxiety in our systems and in our families and in our workplaces. So, here we go. Look at this. Verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, therefore, my brothers. Now, when you see a therefore, what are you supposed to say? What's it there for? What's, what, why is, it's kind of a wrap-up statement, right? So he's wrapping up something. All this stuff that he's been saying all through this letter so far. You know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. God's going to complete what He started in you. He's going to, he, he wants His love to abound more and more in you. You're going to be able to work through circumstances and situations. You're going to walk in the humility of Jesus. That grace is going to be on your life. Follow the example of Timothy, Epaphroditus, and even me. Don't walk in your flesh and be all puffed up about what you've done. Rah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. But instead, have your eyes on Jesus. Go the way of the resurrected life. Follow Him. And, and don't even just the fact that He's done it, don't stay there. Don't be content to just, to just stay right where he's, he's, he's got you right now. Press on into all that He has for you. you know, know that your citizenship is in heaven. You know, and live like you're a person that's bringing that rain right into this, this world right now. Right? So he's, that's what He's saying when He says, Therefore, He's saying all of that. He's about to wrap this thing up. One big practical exhortation is kind of how he's going to finish this. He's, it's some practicals, um, you know, uh, about moving on. He has been setting up this message that he's about to speak to Yodia and Syntyche for the whole letter. And the issue is about putting these different things together. Different things are needed at different times. I need to know that Jesus Christ is my life. There's other times where I need to know, hey, God wants me to respond to Him and walk out what He's put on the inside of me. There's other times where I need to go low. There's other times where I need to uh, stop uh, 
making so much out of what I've done in my past, my successes or my failures, and put my hope in Jesus. All of those are different things, skills, tools, realities that we need in our, in our belt as we face different situations. God wants us equipped for moving forward in this life of peace and relationships together. The main thing is this today. The main thing is that God is calling us to a kind of peace in relationships that happen, peace in relationships that happens when we put together what we know and how we respond in real life. What we know and how we respond. Putting those things together. Not just I know the right thing to do, but I'm actually responding in the right way in the situation. And that's part of growing up and maturity. So in Christ, here's a few things just from the passage that we're called to do. Number one, in Christ we are called to stand firm in what we know. Okay, therefore my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord. So we stand firm in the Lord when we do what we know to do. When we walk out those things that He's given us, that uh, you know, all those things I just, I just ran through. I was, uh, I got to see a little bit of that happen. You know, I'm in a number of, at a number of board meetings this past week in Austin, in Waco, and Norman, Oklahoma, for some of the churches in the in the movement. And uh, so, uh, you know, there was there was one situation where it was handled so gracefully and so it was it happened it, ha- it happened in a great way one brother had a had a, something he saw that needed to happen in one of the churches and he saw it was an opportunity for growth but he didn't want to offend some other people and so he really just communicated in a whole way he wasn't pointing any finger hey we haven't been doing this right that kind of thing he was just doing it in a good way communicated with the board ahead of time communicated with the staff ahead of time and then when we were actually able to sit down and talk about it it was just it was it didn't have temperature attached to it it was just godly and good and wise and good counsel was able to flow you know amongst the team and and with the board members who were there to help you know it was just it was a good thing you know that's the way we want that kind of uh, uh, wisdom flowing in our, you know, standing firm in what we know. We know there's things we do in terms of humility and walking stuff out. We want to walk it out in that way, in the best way, and in the right way, standing firm in what we know. The second piece, he goes on there, and he, now he's talking to Yodia and Syntyche. And in Christ, we're called to help each other agree. He tells them to get along. Sometimes that's hard. And sometimes you need some help. So he calls on everybody else. He says, hey, all you other leaders, all you other people that are following Jesus, help them agree in the Lord. Okay? So he tells them to agree. And he says, yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the Gospel. So help them. Help each other agree. You know, this, the Spirit... I don't mean like the Holy Spirit, I mean the Spirit of the way you do something, the way you say something, the way you work on a relationship, the way you help somebody see something they don't see right now. Or The Spirit of it is absolutely huge. Does that make sense? Like I can say the same words, but if my Spirit's humble, somebody's going to be able to hear it a whole lot better. You know, and so if I see that somebody's having problems in a relationship, 
I want to say that in a way that's loving and, hey, y'all just do, if you just say, y'all just do the right thing and get over it, it doesn't work. But if you communicate love and tenderness and the right spirit, you're going to be a whole lot more able to actually bring help because they're going to be able to hear what you're saying a lot better. Do you know that when you're in a little bit of a conflict, it's kind of hard to hear? It's that, it's that whole deal of, of uh, the fight or flight thing. You know, you, you, uh, you need to take some deep breaths. You lose the ability to think. It's the amygdala thing happening. And, you know, you literally blood is shut off from your, the front of your brain where you think better. You know, and you're just in, you know, rocks are falling, get out of the way. You know, you're in that mode and you can't think real good. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you did something I don't like, get out of my way. You know, it's just all happening real quick. And so, we want to be able to be people that can help each other along on the journey. Um, and, uh, you know, part of that, I think, too, is um, we, are, uh, we are complicated. That's a good place for an Amen. I am complicated. You are complicated. We have stuff that's happened in our past, all of us, and it makes it, you know, whether uh, an only child or, you know, lots of brothers and sisters and all these different experiences, successes, failures, brokenness, parenting that happened good, parenting that didn't happen good. All of those, those kinds of things are all factors that play into how we uh, walk things out. And... Uh, and I want to just come back again to entitlements one more time, you know, because if things have to be my way in working something out, and us even, if we're going to help somebody else, helping them see that there's humility has to be a part of the story because we can't always just have, everybody can't have their way and us walk in peace all the time. I can't always be right. It's... It's kind of so. Yeah, thank you. It, it's kind of sobering sometimes because, you know, we we're doing what we probably think is the right thing, and yet still we have blind spots, and we just don't always see everything. And this this having to be right thing, man, it causes division. It causes division in marriages between husbands and wives. It causes division in parenting and children parenting relationships. Um, causes division in the church. I mean, and some of them are silly. You know, if you were to break it down to what are we actually disagreeing about here? What am I being right about? And what are you being right about? They're, they're, they're sometimes silly. Like in the church, I grew up, I remember hearing, I didn't, wasn't ever in one of these, but there were churches that, that uh, in our tradition that had only used one cup for communion. Like we just did communion. It's kind of cold and flu season right now. Just pass that baby on around, you know. <laughs> but but the, the idea that's behind that is, I'm seeing this right, there's no other way that it can be done, you know, and, it's, and certainly that's a, that's a fair interpretation. It's fair. But it's not the only way that, you know, that using the little cups... Praise the Lord. There's lots of other things that you would... There's lots of other things. I mean, using a sound system or having, you know... It used to be songbooks. And then it was transparencies. You know, Emily's a little girl. She's up there flipping those transparencies. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all don't, which is scary. 
flipping transparencies, you know. And uh, but they're not. That's not the deal. None of those things are the deal. And just not having to be right, you know, on is just is going to help us be able to help each other. Number three. Number three. In Christ, we are called to respond to anxiety in the right ways. Okay, so he just gives us some great things here. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and check out the promise. The peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, how many of our anxieties that we experience in life in Fort Worth, Texas, or where, whatever mid-cities you might live in, or outskirts. But what, how many of the anxieties that we experience are connected to people? They're connected to some kind of relationship. Now, if it's not, if it's not 100%, it's up there. It's more than, it, it's definitely a majority. Is that fair? It, it's a lot, you know. And somebody might say, well, what about finances? Well, even finances a lot of times are connected to somebody, you know, that you're trying to work that deal out with, you know. And uh, so, I mean, this is a big deal, you know, that, that peace in relationships. And so, part of Paul's, and this is, there's been so many times already this morning where I would have said, man, if we would just get what we got out of that song, it would be a win for the day. You know, the Lamb is overcome. You get that? Home run. You know, just, it's a win. You know, and if you could get these, these couple of verses and just... I'm going to own these. Rejoice in the Lord. I'm going through stress. I'm in a tough situation. I'm going to rejoice. I don't feel like rejoicing. Okay? That's fair. I can, there's some great examples of David in the Psalms. It doesn't look like he feels like it, and yet he says, I will praise the Lord. I will lift up my soul to you. I will praise you seven times a day. There is a, there is a, I'm going to, I'm just. I'm going to go ahead and praise the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and rejoice anyway. And I'm going to rejoice. And there's something about opening my mouth, so I go home and start praising the Lord. Going back to my little example, you know, that maybe a couple people can relate to. I go home. She's not there, and I'm able to start praising the Lord out loud, and just saying, "Lord, I love you. I praise you. Lord, help me to think right through this situation." You know, and just immediately perspective is changed as I rejoice. In the Lord. Just, just immediately. So rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Okay, so gentleness, the Greek word here, the underlying word is actually has to do with laying down our rights. Relinquishing our rights. That's what this gentleness has to do with. Laying down my rights. My right to be right. My right to, you have to do what I say or I'm controlling you or whatever. So gentle. Gentleness has to do with relinquishing our rights. Um, it's a huge, huge thing for us. And knowing all the while that the Lord is near. So we're going through this situation with somebody and the Lord's not you know, out there in deep space or something. He's right there with you. He, he's present. Now we're not always aware of His presence, but He's present. You know? So he's, he's with us. And so part of Part of growing in this grace in peace and relationships is about practice. Practicing the presence of God and being waking up to the reality that Jesus is always there. We can talk to Him. We can just 
take a deep breath in the midst of that situation. We can practice gentleness, practice His presence, and pray and talk to Him. He's right there. Lord, what do You say about this? Ask Him. That's what petition means. Ask in prayer to God. Say, Father, help me through this situation. Or with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's another. It's kind of close to rejoicing in that you start thanking the Lord about things and your perspective starts to change. Your attitude starts, starts to change. You know, uh, one, of the, one of the happiest people I know is a guy named Ron Parrish. You know, he was pastor of Hope in the City in Austin and now he's in Indonesia. And I was just with him for a few days this past week. And, you know, and, but I know that one of the habits that he does regularly is thank the Lord every morning. That's how he starts his time with the Lord is writing out thanksgivings. Things that he is thanking the Lord about. And I encourage us, let's be, let's just be the most thankful people in Fort Worth. How's that? I mean, the most thankful. And find something to give thanks about in every situation. We know that's the will of God. You don't have to go, ooh, is this God's will? It says give thanks in all circumstances, at all times. We know it's the will of God. Paul was able to do it from prison. And we can do it going to work or coming home, had a bad day, tough, tough client, you know, it, it, whatever you do during your day. Okay? Um, so, the way we do this stuff, you guys, is to practice. I, don't, I just don't know any other way. I'm just going to... My big word for today is go practice this stuff. Because it's like the more you practice, you know, if, if, you're, a, if you're throwing a football... You need to practice that in order to be ready in the game. How ridiculous it would be to say, I'm on the team, but I'm not going to practice. I'm going to just show up at game time and hope it all works out. Moms, when it's time to give birth, here I am stepping way out. Now, this is a shaky limb. (laughs) But moms... You, you practice breathing so that you're ready at game time or birth time. Yeah. She's like, she's like, you need to throw, stop doing these sports things all the time. There's a whole bunch of people who don't relate to that. Uh, here's here's another one is uh, is is kids. Can I, can I go here? So, so you practice with your kids what you want them to do when the pressure's on. You know, everybody's about to, or a lot of us are going to go do some stuff at Thanksgiving. Game time. It, it's on. You know, and you want them to be able to know what to do when they start doing the, the you know, do the slow-mo tantrum. You want them to be able to respond to your leadership in the moment. Quickly, cheerfully, and completely. Right? And so you have to practice that. You have to practice that when the temperature is not on. You know, set little appointments up with them. Hey, you know, that thing that happened yesterday, let's talk about that again. You know, and so now it's not, they're not in, they're, they're not in amygdala freak out mode, fight or flight 
but they can listen to you and hear you. And so that when, you know, it's, it's game time again, and at Christmas or in, out at the mall, trying to think of all the, and we've done all this, you know, had to work through all those, um, you know, so that they can hear you and they can hear you coach them. Even, you know, we would literally coach our kids right up into, right up into the moment. Hey, we're about to step in here with Grandma. This is the way we're going we're gonna to act. And, and I want you to be a leader here with the other kids. You know, you, you help set the tone. Let's be responsive to our parents and obedient. Does that make sense? So, respond to anxiety in the right ways. You know, and practice rejoicing, gentleness, prayer, thanksgiving, all of those things. And the promise is that the God of peace will guard us. And that word for guard is a military, a military term. So you've got like, imagine, you know, some, it's the, the bowed up peace of God warrior guy who's guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? Guarding you with peace. You know, keeping the anxieties far away from you because you're living in this reality. Okay, number four. Next one there. In Christ, we're called to focus on the best in others. Let's read the verse there. Finally, brothers, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And again, the God of peace will be with you. So, here the issue, I mean, this, this verse, especially Philippians 4.8, is a verse that is like, you see it on refrigerators. It's a great magnet verse. It's a great uh, gift card, uh, greeting card verse. You know, whatever is, you know, just imagine calligraphy, true and noble and right and just. And it, and it, and it kind of, when it's pulled out of context like that, it's not untrue to think about all those things. But the specific context here is about attitudes toward people. This is the way we are to think about, this is the attitude that we're to have about people that we're having conflict with or tension with. So you're, you're to look at them. You're to look at Lori or Lauren and, and you're to look at them and say, what is true and noble and just and excellent in Lauren or in Lori? Doesn't that change your perspective about that person? Just think about that. Instead of just rehearsing and going over the things that make you anxious about them, look at them and say, what's true and noble and right and just and excellent and praiseworthy and admirable? Think about those things. I mean, it, if we would do this with our wife, how much tension would go down in marriage? If we would do this with our husband, how much tension would go down in marriage. How do you think love songs get written? Okay, they're doing Philippians 4.8. You know, that's, that's what a love song is. It's, it's thinking about the, this, what I see in this person that's excellent or praiseworthy. You know, what, it's, it's worth singing about. It makes my soul leap. And it's an attitude that I'm going to think about this person who I'm going through a hard time with or struggling with, and I'm going to practice having that attitude about them. Isn't that good? I feel like, you know, like, like that is the sermon, okay? So there's not another point for me to make there. It's just Paul's saying it. It's a great point, right? 
The last thing then is, in Christ we're called to practice contentment in Him, in Christ. Philippians, he, so what's going on here? Let's, uh, I, I put down verse 13, but let me just read a couple of verses. I rejoice in the Lord that you've renewed your, your concern for me. Indeed, you've been concerned but had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or living in want. I can do, and here's the, another refrigerator verse, but look at the context. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. So, that comment is really kind of flowing like, I'm in prison, and I can, I can meet the need of the day here. And, you know, he's saying thanks to them, but he's not really saying, it's like, a, a thankless kind of thing, if that makes sense. It's like, you know, thank you for your gift, but I was going to be okay anyway. And I want you to know that because that's an important lesson for how you deal with people in relationships. Knowing that I'm going to be okay in God whether you do what I need you to do or whether you don't. That's a great, just to practice contentment. I'm thankful, but I don't have to have your gift in order to be thankful. It's not now I'm going to be able to do what God wants me to do. It's not contingent upon you. And that's, that's, a, that's a big piece of like maturity. A lot of anxiety. You know, it, it ends up being caused by what we want other people to do. And in this case, it could be about money. Sometimes it is about money. But we can always walk in peace when our source isn't, isn't other people and their actions but God Himself. God is my source of life, not how you respond or react in a certain situation. Does that make sense? And it is a ditch to base my peace and rest in life on how, what you choose to do. You know, or how other people choose to respond in different situations. And we're all broken. And may we be growing in more and more grace to love each other well, to, to care about each So the promise moving forward then it's great. Paul is going to say to us, the God of peace, He's going to be with you. He will protect you. His peace will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The God of peace, of shalom, of rest. The God who meets our needs in any and every situation will be with us. And there is no situation that we are facing, that we have faced or will face, that God won't be right there with us. It's good news. It really is good news. That, that we can stand in what He's given us here. Stand firm in what we know to do. That we can help each other do this thing. That we can resist the urge to be anxious by rejoicing and praying. By giving thanks and offering up ourselves to the Lord. Knowing that promise that this peace is going to be right there with us. You know, and that our attitude should be looking at the best in others. Noble things, excellent, praiseworthy things. You know, and you say, well, man, you don't know what my boss is like. Look, your boss, as difficult as he may be, is made in the image of God. You know, we're all made in the image of God, even fallen people. There's, there's redeemable aspects of who we are. You know, so look for the admirable, praiseworthy, excellent things. Sometimes you may have to look harder than others. But God will give us grace. 
to do this. Okay? Yeah. I just, I pray, you know, at the end of this series, we're going to have some ministry time here, but I, I pray as we're wrapping this thing up, this has helped me, you know. Um, I am with, I'm with everybody on this, in this whole series. I want to be a peaceful presence in my relationships. Not be worked up all the time. You know, not be pressing, driving things that some of us more type A kind of people do. Right? And good, good is promised to us if we'll walk this way. The shalom that He wants to bring into our lives. The peace, the rest. Let's stand up. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And what I want us to do is, worship team, come on up. Ministry team, come on up. If you're visiting with us, we take a little bit of time here at the end just to respond to the Lord. And there's a few different areas that we could respond in, but I, I want to just encourage us to listen for just a moment. Just kind of bow your head and let's just listen to the Lord for just a minute. See if He doesn't highlight something uh, for you or, or, or a way that He wants you to respond here today. So just, just ask yourself, Lord, what is... What is, ask the Lord, what is my part? What's, what is our part in being a peacemaker? And, and be specific. Don't just be general. You know, there, maybe there's a specific relationship. Husband, wife, child, parent, somebody at work. Is the Lord asking you to be a peacemaker in your marriage? Here's a good one for this week. Is the Lord asking you to be a peacemaker with your in-laws or extended family? Okay, just ask the Lord too about attitudes toward others. If you're being honest, just really honest, is that the way you think about others? Or is it more critical? Is it thinking the best? Lord, help us on this. This this will absolutely revolutionize our lives with just an infusion of peace and life as we we walk in this way. So Lord, help us. Maybe the thing the Lord might speak to you about is contentment. Just really being content in any and every situation. Knowing that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives you strength. So, however you need to respond to the Lord, just come and get some prayer. There's just something about stepping out, putting a stake in the ground, that, hey, I want to move forward in this area of my life. And just get somebody, they'll just agree with you in prayer. And it could be about this message, or it could be just, hey, I'm, I'm hurting today, or I need healing, I need prayer. Don't leave today. Don't leave here without getting some help from somebody. Just get somebody to pray with you. It's just it's a good thing. It's the body of Christ. So just uh, you know, come as we sing this song. Lord, meet us today. Lord, meet the need of the church. Don't let us leave here without getting help. God, experiencing Your mercy and Your grace today. In Jesus' mighty name. Bring Your healing in Jesus' name. Bring Your life in Jesus' name. Come, whatever your need is. The front fills up. Get some prayer from somebody beside you. Please get help. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord.